the harshest of operating conditions. Large-scale investment, planning, and commitment places the offshore sector in a league all on its own, where the stories of people aren't found anywhere else. From safety to operations to new technology, we look to break down this often mystified industry and shed light into the unknown. You're listening to the Oil & Gas Offshore Podcast with your host, Andy Lash. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Oil & Gas Offshore Podcast, where we are doing everything we can to be making waves in the oil and gas industry. Today, we are going to hear about gyro data collection during the drilling process. We'll hear a little bit about how these tools work and how the data can be used to drill better, higher performing wells. To share this info with us, we have Sean White from Gyro Data Incorporated. Sean, thank you very much for the time and thanks for being on the show. Absolutely, Andy. Thank you very much for having me. So where are you at today? Today, I'm sitting in Gyrodata Global Headquarters here in Houston, Texas. Oh, nice. Anybody that's listened to the show knows I lived in Houston for five, six years. I just moved up here to Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, but always had a good time in Houston. It's a wonderful city. Some days, some days it is. Are you from Houston or from Texas originally? Originally, I am from Texas. I was born in South Texas and moved to Houston via the oil and gas with my mother at a very young age, right around five. And we've been here ever since, minus a few travels. Well, I was in the Marine Corps. Oh, well, right on. Thank you for your service with the Marines. You're welcome. Thank you. So, Sean, let's just start off a little more on that end of the spectrum. Let's learn about you and kind of what got you into your role with gyro data. Absolutely. Like I said, I got out of high school back in the late 90s and decided I wanted to be in the Marines and spent eight years in the Marine Corps. I started with gyro data in 2007. This is technically my first real job outside of the Marine Corps mostly and moved into a field surveying row for gyros. After that, for about three or four years, I moved into a field sales role. And then after that, into a sales role, so which I've been doing here now for about six years. Awesome. You've been in, in sales for six years or you've been with Gyro Data for six years? I actually just celebrated 13 years with Gyro Data last Tuesday. So February of 2007 is how long I've been here. And I've been in sales and field sales for a good seven years, eight years now. That's awesome. How old is Gyro Data? How long have they been around in business? Gyrodata was founded in 1980, so we're 40 years old and currently located and operating in over 50-plus countries worldwide. Awesome. Seems like a good place. Anytime you see employees that are sticking around for that long or anywhere close to it, that's got to mean it's a good company to work for. Yeah, for my experience so far, like I said, over the last 13 years, it's been a great company. What we do well is we hire really smart people and people that just really want to be here and mold them into what we feel is really what we like. And we're willing to teach you, train you, and work with you for moving forward. Sounds amazing. Awesome. Yeah. So how does gyro data interact with the oil and gas sector today? So gyro data interacts with the oil and gas sector as a directional drilling and well bore surveying company worldwide. Specifically offshore, we generally operate as a gyro surveying company and a gyro while drilling company. Gyrodata back in the early 2000s created a gyro while drilling tool, which includes GWD 20, 40, 70, and 90. We're currently the only gyro company that can survey and drill above 40 degrees of inclination. Okay. Now, so gyro data was the first to roll out gyro while drilling, right? And that's the data collection of where the drill bit is going. 
right? That's correct. We were the first to roll out the modular gyro wall drilling system. And what we do with that is anytime there are low angle kickoffs or anything with magnetic interference where your traditional measurement while drilling system is affected, we have the ability to survey and get good inclination and azimuths in those situations. So for a lot of kickoffs and on a lot of these platforms where they didn't used to have the ability, we have now given them such ability. And because I get to ask all the possibly silly questions, because the listeners are probably much smarter than I am, to maybe sum that up without all the cool words, you're able to find curves and bends and like unexpected dips in the wellbore line, right? In the path. Is that a good way to say that? So that would be more along our lines of our gyro surveying systems. So Once the well is drilled, we do a lot of just surveying. So we drop these gyros as we introduced the drop gyro tool in 1994. And what that does is we'll drop it just in the drill string. It falls down to the TD or the total depth of that hole at the time. Once we reach that TD, we pull out of the hole with the drill pipe as previously do and no limitations on the rotations or pumping of the pool. You get to pull out out of the hole as normally done. And that actually surveys the whole way out of the hole. And we get quality surveys when the pipe is stationary. So every time they make a connection or break a connection to rack back drill pipe, we're taking surveys for that extended period of time. Once we reach out a hole, we'll pull and download our tool, everything based in memory at that time. And we can give you a definitive survey of your entire well bore. And yes, that does often outline and define some curve issues or some survey issues that you didn't think were in there, or maybe were an MWD slash your measurement while drilling tool had a couple issues and maybe had the wrong azimuth due to some magnetic interference or something like that. Okay. And so that's, like you said, the survey aspect of it, but really what you're trying to do is limit those you know path changes and, and those different anomalies in the path beforehand. So you're trying to steer that bit as perfect as possible the whole way down. That is always the goal to steer the bit as perfect as possible the whole way down. And as we go back to the other side, if there is a magnetic interference or casing interruptions or an intervention, well, our gyro while drilling technology has the ability to survey when those interferences are seen. So that helps limit a lot of this. And we can get closer to the bit too. So we are allowed the ability to put our gyro while drilling tools below or above the MWD measurement while drilling system. Okay. Very interesting. This is all very new to me. I'm learning as we're going through all this. So how about when that correlates to the offshore sector? Is there going to be anything different with that gyro while drilling or measurement while drilling for that environment versus onshore? No, truthfully, not really. The offshore sector is where that drilling system is primarily deployed just for the simple fact is that the market dictates it needs it more. There's a limited space for the areas where we're drilling on a platform or whatnot. Just this last year for a major operator in the Gulf of Mexico, we deployed these systems for batch setting top holes, which does happen quite a bit, but these top hole sections were having lots of interference all the way down to, you know, five and 6,000 feet of new hole in five and 6,000 foot of water depth as well. So that gave them the ability to actually drill these wells where previously they did not have the ability to do it safely. Because they would have hit another well bore or something like that and caused... There would definitely have been a possibility of that, yes. The anti-collision risks and concerns, they would previously may not have drilled it because the cost of it 
versus having an underwater blowout or something like that may have deterred them. Awesome. What did the industry do before gyro data or before these kind of tools were implemented? Well, a lot of the drilling situations had spacings that weren't quite as tight as they can achieve now with these systems. So an MWD system or your traditional measurement wall drilling system is a great system. And that's why we also at Gyrodata have them. However, what we have with our gyro drilling system is the ability to tighten the ellipse and shrink that. And we actually, when we run it in conjunction with an, a traditional measurement wall drilling system, that you get to shrink it even more because you now have two independent tools to verify each other. Before that, like I said, not all of the spacing was the same, or sometimes you just kind of wildcatted it, I guess, to put it best. Hope and pray. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> Send it down hole. Hope it ends up in the right spot. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, for years and years, remember, we drilled wells that we thought were straight because there were no measurement systems to tell or survey other than a little bit of acid in a bottle that would tell you which way it was leaning that the Eastman Whipstock Company had used years ago. So before our surveying equipment, you didn't really know where your well was all the time. Awesome. It's so interesting to me to know what we're able to do and to you know go thousands and thousands of feet underground and know exactly kind of where that bit's going and what that lighting looks like after the fact. And super Yeah, cool. you're not lying. It's pretty amazing technology and I'm proud to be a part of it. Yeah, it sounds like it. I can hear it, which is awesome. So for Gyrodata, are these tools leased out or rented out, or is this something that Gyrodata is actually adding the manpower with as well? That's a great question, Andy. So our tools and our services are actually a service rate. So we send our tools and our personnel to run them. There's a lot of training that goes into this with our personnel. And so they've been trained over years to run it and that's kind of that. That being said, moving forward, we're moving into our spear technology, which is our newest technology for the industry, which is a much more rugged and robust gyro. And the goal of this is to, with the size decreases and whatnot, is to figure out a way to help demand that, to obviously save costs. As the industry, as you know, has gone to less personnel and more efficiency, and we're looking at ways to help that as well. So these tools are deployed, they're put into use. That measurement while drilling, that gyro while drilling, that's feeding info straight up to the operator directly as it's drilling, right? This isn't something that they have to download from the device after the fact. Is that, that right? That is or? exactly correct. So they are real-time surveying systems. So a traditional deployment of it would be with a mud pulse system of sorts, be it Slumberjays, Bakers, Gyrodata, Weatherford, Halliburton, Extreme, everybody's. And so what we do with that is we have the ability to tap into their system or our own. It will send up the mud pulse to surface and it will decode its surface. And we'll be able to tell them within a couple minutes of that survey being taken exactly what inclination and azimuth that drill bit is headed and what we're doing and where the hole is. Huh, awesome. Sean, in addition to the services and the on-location support, Gyrodata also has their guide centers available as well for, for support remotely, right? That is correct. Gyrodata has a 24-7 remote operating center known as our guide center. And our guide center, we have well planning operations. We have torque and drag analysis. We have the ability for well war modeling and trajections. So this is our all-inclusive, all-in-one center to help analyze 
and make your well drilling process a better process. So operators are planning their wells out there. You know, we know, especially these offshore wells, they're planned years in advance. Is gyro data brought in from the beginning to work on these wells? Or is this something that you're just in their toolkit and they're going to use you on the next well they drill and you kind of come in right when they're putting metal to mud, if you will. You know, I'd say it's actually a mixed bag. A lot of times when these guys are planning the super projects and whatnot, super deep water, or like I said, this last year where you had a couple multiple batch sets, they asked us the feasibility of it a few years ago to ensure that the technology was where it was at for these projects. Sometimes it's a year, sometimes it's two years. And then we do get the other ones where we see, you know, hey, we've got to sidetrack something down hole. We're going to have magnetic interference do you have the ability to come out here in the next four to six days and help us get kicked off with these? And we actually plan for both of those. So we have standby kits pretty much all times to make sure that we can service all of our clients worldwide. Fantastic. What about outside of the oil and gas sector? Is gyro data in any other sectors like mining or exploration? Yeah, Andy, that's a great question. We actually do run our gyro services outside of the oil field sector quite a bit. We do a lot of water well surveying, which helps to identify the largest diameter pump they can fit in these. These water wells have to be extremely straight. So we've gone from running actually our rotary steerable drilling to drill water wells, along with surveying them and finding the pump side. We also do a lot of river crossings and road crossings for gyro surveying, along with outside of that mining. And, you know, another interesting note on that is that actually years ago, when the Chilean miners were trapped in the wells, Gyrodata sent down our highly accurate survey systems and our gyro drilling systems to Chile to help rescue the miners. Our equipment and personnel were actually vital to the saving of the miners. We were instrumental in mapping out all of the other mines in the area, the shafts, and that was all done, which was really impressive to me and some other companies between Schlumberger, Gyrodata, and whatnot, all pro bono, and felt really good being a part of a company that's willing to do that. Fantastic. That's a great story and wonderful piece of information to learn about Gyrodata. You know, I was going to say, also for the Macondo incident years ago with BP, that Gyrodata was actually on both vessels for drilling the relief wells for the intersections. And our GWD tools were utilized in both of those. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you guys are you're leading the way in the industry for this kind of tool set and this kind of data management and everything. So I'm not shocked to hear that. Those are two applications where accuracy is certainly key, right? Absolutely. In addition to like accuracy and just drilling efficiency, what else can be improved by like proper, you know, gyro while drilling or measurement while drilling tools and services? Well, I think what it does is actually it's great for the industry because it now gives the operators the ability to plan tighter spacings on their wells for these super pads on land and offshore. You no longer have to say you're traditionally 16 foot, 10 foot, or eight foot center to center. You may now be able to infill quite a bit of it because you have the ability to shrink your anti-collision risks and your ellipses of uncertainty. So for reservoir modeling and extraction, truthfully, it's going to be huge for the industry as moving forward. So you can... Let me say it in my words. You can fit more well bores into a certain piece of ground safely where previously you wouldn't have been able to do that safely. And they probably just wouldn't have done so at all, right? That is a 100% correct adaption of that. I'm learning slowly but surely. We'll have you over here doing <laughs> my job in no time. 
No, 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 no. <laughs> With your job, you are in business development, correct? That is correct. Are you traveling a lot? Are you getting, you know, what does your day-to-day life look like with Gyrodata? So for Gyrodata, I am based mostly out of Houston, but I also cover the Gulf Coast. So I travel to Lafayette and New Orleans quite a bit with an occasional trip to Midland and or Dallas. Right on. Do you get offshore at all? Do you get on any of these rigs? Luckily, I haven't been offshore in in a good fair amount of time. I think most of my certifications have expired, and I'm I'm kind of okay with that at this point. I've got a couple kids at the house that (laughs) that always want me around. I hear you on that. I hear you on that. Are there any details within your current industry that you wish you would have learned earlier on or lessons learned over your 13 years in Gyrodata? You know, it's true. I've always been a pretty good steward of learning. I like to dive into all aspects of the industry. I just wish that I would have looked across the other function lines before. Uh, It seems not just sales or not just running the field tools, but the business development aspects, the engineering aspects, the marketing, and what goes into everything. I really do wish that early on, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, that I would have actually looked along all the other sides first and not until I was just about to make a shift into another side. But you came up in through oil and gas, right? You said that was kind of what moved you to Houston through your parents. and That is correct. My mother was in the oil and gas sector. And so we all as a family moved up here in 1985 and been in Houston ever since. So the oil and gas sector was pretty much what I've used to regardless. It was going to be medical or oil and gas, I think. And oil and gas is like Hotel California. You can leave anytime. You can never check out, right? <laughs> that sounds probably pretty close to being accurate too right there. <laughs> Not that's a bad thing. But it's, just, it's just fact, you know, it's how it is. So we have learned a lot about gyro data. So Sean, how do these different tools interact? We've learned about gyro while drilling and we've learned about measurement while drilling. I know one is based around gyroscopic precession and those kind of tools. And then the other one is magnetic based. From there, how do they differ? Well, as your MWD is seeking your magnetic north, it is often affected by the drill pipe and or casing or any other metallurgic anomaly around. Your GWD, your gyro while drilling tools are traditionally not affected by that because your gyro is seeking true north. Now, Moving forward, we've also heard myths for years that an MWD is just as accurate as a gyro. We've proved it time and time again, and even now with our new technology, or we are proving it even more, that that's just not the case. So we talked about drop gyros earlier. Gyrodata's new advent of our spear technology, our Omega X drop gyro system with solid state. We're dropping these offshore on land and seeing large differences between the MWD surveys, which are IFR corrected and MSA corrected. And we're still seeing differences of sometimes up 200, 300 feet. Another myth for years is that because the MWD is just so much more rugged, that's the way it would go. Our new technology, our spear technology and our Quest GWD systems, solid state, should be able to take that over. It's going to be just as rugged as the MWD tool with the same amount of reliability and the same benefits of our standard gyro systems to where we are not seeing interference by magnetics or whatever. We're also hoping to alleviate the possibility of having to include any non-mag in the hole, which is an additional cost savings to the operator. Well, that's good. That's a fantastic. And people might not realize this, but gyros or gyroscopes and those kind of sensors, they're used in many, many different applications from like cell phones to aircraft to... Uh, drilling well bores, right? So 
those are sensors that are used all over the place. Yes, our very first gyro sensors were adapted from the aeronautical industry, which they're very high speed sensors. We had to figure out a way to slow them down for the oil and gas industry to where they're not measuring so fast. Now, like you said, it's in pretty much every phone on the market. There's a solid state gyro on there, and that tells your phone to switch faces and do all of that stuff and when it's moving and what you've got going. So the technology breakthroughs have been just steady moving through the years, and Gyrodata has truthfully been at the forefront of all of it. It sounds like it. Yeah, absolutely. You touched on a couple of them, just myths between MWD and GWD tools. What are some of the other myths or misunderstandings that you combat day to day? One of the myths I combat day to day might not be 100% of the actual gyro side of it, but you know, I still get every day, oh, you're in the oil field. Everything's great. Y'all are doing great right now. Well, as you know, and as I know, the last four years haven't exactly been a boom. So we're kind of just making sure that I tell people that, that we're better than $30 a barrel oil, but we're not all the way up at 85 or 100 again. So we have to make sure that everybody knows that as they're leading into. Absolutely. Yeah. No, anybody in this industry is uh, well aware of that. Operators and really anybody in this industry is looking to cut costs and improve efficiency and make more with less, right? But it, it sounds like gyro data is a big part and somebody that could help many operators do that if they're not already using your tools and solutions today. That is a goal on daily for gyro data is to help the operator save money, which increases more drilling and we get to be a part of more of it. Fantastic. Sean, I've had a really good time talking with you. I've learned a lot about measurement while drilling, gyro while drilling. I learned a lot about this data collection tools and, and analysis. Is there anything that you want to get out or anything that we haven't touched on? No, Andy, I think we're pretty good. I would just say uh, for the industry to get ready because our new technology is probably going to change it all on its end. What we've got coming down the pipe and what we've been working on for the last several years, it will change the industry. So we're looking forward to that. Fantastic. Well, that's what we're always looking to do here on the Oil & Gas Offshore Podcast. Again, we are here trying to make waves in the oil and gas industry. If you like the show, please leave us a review, leave us a comment. I have thick skin. I will take your feedback and put it into use, but I can't do that if I haven't heard from you. So please go on wherever you receive this podcast, leave a review or comment, and we'll catch you on the next one. All right. Sean, again, thank you very much for your time. Hey, thank you very much, Andy. I appreciate it. To all the listeners, thank you. And we'll catch you on the next one. Here are the events on deck. Hey, everybody. Alex here with the events on deck for February. We do not have any OGGN happy hours in February, but we do have an exciting event coming up in Pittsburgh. This will be our first happy hour there in March, and it will be taking place on March 25th. The location is to be determined, so be sure to follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter to keep up with uh, those announcements and to purchase tickets. The Houston API Luncheon will be on February 11th. This will be a networking event with top oil and gas business leaders, and they promise that you'll be learning something really cool. So check it out and sign up for that event. The Wildcatters Ball will be on February 7th in Houston. This ball is the primary oil and natural gas industry fundraising event for the IPAA Educational Foundation. Proceeds go toward funding the foundation's energy education programs. The API Energy Houston Three Gun Chapter will be on March 20th in Houston. 
This event fills up really quickly, so make sure to get your team entered. The best way to do so is to fax or email the form with at least a captain's name as soon as possible. If you need to wait for a check, just notate that on the bottom of the form and send it on. We will be sending Mark LaCour and Patrick Pister to Scotland, to Aberdeen, Scotland, on March 5th for DokaruCon, which is the first event of its kind. It is a conference for creating high-impact sales in energy. And Mark and Patrick will be hosting a panel and recording a live podcast. If you're interested in attending this event, visit DokaruCon.Dokaru.com. And that is D-O-Q-A-R-U-C-O-N. That's all for this month. Thanks for tuning in and be sure to check again next month for more updates on OGGN events. Tune in next week for another episode of the Oil & Gas Offshore Podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at oilandgasoffshore.com.